I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast in association with bookmakers William Hill. I'm Robert Grieve and with me today is Sun Sports top writer, Gareth Law. Good morning, Gareth. Morning, Robert. How are you doing? I'm very well, Gareth. I'm very well. It's been a big week for Scottish football domestically, and obviously there's a Scotland World Cup qualifier later in the week, which we'll discuss later on. But first of all, Gareth, the big news last week was Pedro Kishina, the new Rangers manager, arriving in town. He had his week of press and training before his debut match against Hamilton Aki's a convincing 4-0 win. Yep. Great start for him, wasn't it? Definitely. Um, admittedly, I don't think Hamilton put up too much of a challenge in his first game, but his first games go, I think, very impressive. I think, I mean, I've heard a lot of what he said last week. Not a lot of uh, people in this country would have heard of him before he came to Rangers, but um, I think he's carried himself quite well. He's been, been good with the press. He's certainly talked a good game. Some little gems in his press conferences. Well, what did you make of that? Let's start on that one first of all, because he kind of made some noises at the start of the week when he first came in, Gareth, that he's got the best squad in the country. Now, I don't think it was anything really lost in translation with that one, no. but can you see where he was coming from that one? Because it's obviously quite bullish talk from him. Well, first of all, it certainly wasn't lost in translation. His English is very, very good. Um, and there's no pun intended there when I said bullish, by the way. A bullfighter, Gareth. He's a bullfighter. I got that. I got that. Okay. Right, thanks. Uh, what did yeah. you make of it? I thought it was the, the thing that all Rangers fans would have wanted to hear, but I don't agree with it. It's not the best squad in Scotland. Do you think Rangers fans would want to hear that? Him saying that he's got the best squad in the country, is that not leaving himself a little bit wide open? Do you think Rangers fans would be encouraged by that? Sorry to pick you up on that. No, 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 it's fine. I, I think it's the, it's the kind of bullish talk, to, to repeat your pun, that's needed. I think there's positivity needed in that club. For all Mark Warburton said and did what he did, I just don't think he was, he was willing to talk things up in such a way that everybody felt galvanised by it galvanised by it yeah that's exactly the word I was going to use Robert so uh, I think it's maybe long overdue that there's some positive talking coming from that club now in privacy you can't say it's the best squad in Scotland and there's a lot of work needed doing in the summer but you need to to start talking positively to then infuse the rest of the squad with some belief that has certainly been it's been lacking at that club I think this season what needs to be done Gareth because he's coming in He's obviously 10 games to go in the season, I think. Still in the Scottish Cup. Got a huge game in that next month. What's the challenges for Pedro Cascina? What should be his realistic targets between now and the end of the season? Well, realistic... Can they win the Scottish Cup, for instance? Of course they can. I mean, I mean, Rangers beat Celtic last season at the same stage. So a very different Celtic team, though, wasn't it? Very different Celtic team. Doesn't mean it can't be done again, though, on the day. Albeit he wasn't in charge, but we saw how, how they played in the old firm game in the league. So why can't they do that again? Why can't they put up a fight? It's a one-off game. So of course they can win the Scottish Cup. I, th- I think there's some certainly some stability needed in that squad, and he'll be looking to finish up as finish as high up that league as they can. From what we saw on the weekend, it all bodes well. But I don't think you can base hope or ambition on one on one game like that. There's going to be a lot more proof of the pudding. Will be how the next couple of games go to see if he can he can get his message across. He's obviously might be helped by the fact that there's now an international break and he's got a little bit more time to assess things. Interesting to see how this uh, idea of his of 
six days training works out it's not really been something that has taken off I don't think in, in Scottish football that kind of thing when, when managers have come in and there shouldn't be anything wrong with that I don't I mean, think these there players, is no, I don't should think they not be expected to work yes. Monday to Friday Monday to Saturday if they've got a game coming up I, I don't think that's too much to ask for it's, from them it's a privileged lifestyle they've got and <laughs> they might be working six days a week but sometimes they aren't Full days. <laughs> we, we all can't work four day weeks like you guys. Can no, we? I know, but I, when I put my shoulder to the wheel for those four, four days, days properly, that's, yeah, that's you know, you know, fair enough. if you do that, then I think you're, you're all right, Robert. Not that I see you on many of those four days. When well, I'm you're, in. you're never here, guys. That's why you're usually away somewhere covering some youth tournament. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Aberdeen in a minute, but Rangers are th- eight points behind uh, Aberdeen. You look at me muddled up with Kenny Miller there, by the way. With uh, talking about youth, Kenny tournaments. who? <laughs> I never see him either. But Rangers are eight points behind second place Aberdeen. That's obviously the challenge that they've got in the league, whether they can catch Derek McInnes' side. Do you think that will happen? Do you see that happening? They've got two games against Aberdeen to come, which will obviously be massive. I must admit, I like the look of this Aberdeen team. So I don't think they'll catch them, but that'll be as much down to the quality of the Aberdeen Aberdeen. squad and team and Derek McInnes' man management, management in general, as opposed to, to what happens at Rangers. Aberdeen are on a roll right now. I can see them them finishing second again this season well, just to touch on that they had a fantastic 2-0 win over Hearts at the weekend at Petaudry a fantastic result for them I mean I think they beat Hearts quite convincingly at Tynecastle the last time they meet so they'd probably be expecting that result but it's a big win for Aberdeen that isn't it because maybe a lot of people would think they might have slipped up yeah it was a big win and obviously there was the consequence of if they had slipped up and what that would have done for Celtic and the league being being wrapped up too so there was maybe a little bit of a uh, pressure perhaps to keep that, that going for another week but yeah I mean you look at the likes of you know Kenny McLean Graham Shinney right now unlucky not to be in that Scotland squad which we maybe talk about yeah, again we'll, come to, that, we'll but, come to that but I think I think you've got some top players playing at the top of their game right now in the Aberdeen team and, that, and that's why I don't think Rangers will catch them what about Derek McInnes what can you say about the job he's done I know you're a big fan of McInnes the job that he's done at Aberdeen what can you say about that Gareth because nowhere near the budget of Rangers and yet they're, they're leading the way for the second place you, you can't argue with it can you? No I mean you look at everything he's done in that club the way he's built that club up the kind of there's a I don't know if you want to call it an arrogance about the club About McInnes? About everybody at the club in the sense that there's, there's an arrogance you need as a winner and, and they believe they, they should be winning every week whatever game they go into they think they can get the three points so they can get through to the next round he's delivered he delivered a trophy there he's lost players but he's, his recruitment has been very very impressive as well you don't see too many failures if you look back at the, the guys he's brought in so again a second place finish again Derek McInnes deserves massive credit for what he's done there I think it, it doesn't it has to be said as well Tony Doherty he's yeah. assistant here does a massive job for Aberdeen which I, I don't think should be underestimated no. and for me Aberdeen are, are pretty lucky to have Derek McInnes I think he's a, a manager who has done fantastically well there and for me he could have another move in him I know he didn't do particularly well in England down in Bristol but would you agree with that Gareth do you think there will be clubs looking at him in the summer potentially and maybe Derek McInnes could be on the move I thought Rangers should have made a move for him and they yep. should have moved I'd heaven, agree with heaven, that. heaven and earth to get him he was, the, he was the, the right decision in so many aspects now whether that came down to finance I don't know or, or why they didn't go to him I know, I know Aberdeen were put a big price tag on his head Derek McGregor I think had the, had the story in Sunsport when Rangers were looking for a new manager yeah, but, um, yeah so Maybe they were put off by that, but for me, for me, he he ticked so many boxes. There's almost like this. There's a confidence about what he does there now that nobody argues with what he does. But that's because there's there's no reason to argue with it. He's, 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 as I said, his recruitment's good, tactics are good, my management seem good, 
Um, his preparation seems good. Appears to leave no stone unturned. So, in answer to your original question, I think there's definitely another move in in, uh, in Derek McInnes, and probably so- sooner than later, if if he finishes second again this season, they're still in the Scottish Cup as well. You know, how much further can he take that club? And I think that might be another reason why he would then maybe look elsewhere too. And by all accounts, I don't think Derek McInnes is a director of football coming into his dressing room at half time. On Saturday, now that's one of the talking points of the weekend, Gareth. Now yeah. I know Roger Hanna is forever trying to give you help and advice, slipping you notes on how to do your job better on a, on a match day and, and even in the office. But what do you make of the Cathro situation? Ian Cathro getting huge help there from from Craig Levine. Listen, we all know that that was the way it worked under Robbie Nielsen. It's still the way it's working. People are people are undecided on whether they think this is a good thing or a bad thing. Where do you stand on it? Well, at least Roger gives me good advice, first of all, and like, you know, s- s- some some other folk. I'm not here uh, to babysit you, Gareth. Did I name names? I'm not here to babysit you. Names? You need to start growing out yourself, <laughs> come on. You've been here long enough. <laughs> I don't see it as a bad thing, what happened on the weekend. I see it as something, again, that British football isn't accustomed to or hasn't been accustomed to over the years, but I don't think... I don't think you can... You can shun advice. I don't think... Uh, is it half time and listen I can see where you're coming from with this guy but should a manager be getting half time advice from anyone or should he not be the voice that the players are listening to is that not the issue for because for me that's that's the issue for, I think if you're a Hearts player right now and you're at half time you get in you're a, you're a goal or two down to Aberdeen and you're getting maybe mixed messages shouldn't Cathro be the voice in that dressing room at half time two things I mean you said maybe mixed messages we don't know if they were mixed messages first of all and secondly if the manager is comfortable with that, which does it not show a weakness in him, though, Gareth? Why? Maybe it shows a strength that he's he's willing to take advice on board. If he's comfortable with that, and certainly publicly he's saying he is, I've got no reason to doubt what he's saying in public either, based on his previous his previous comments and his previous job roles experience. So, if he's comfortable with that, why not? T- it doesn't mean he has to. It doesn't mean he has to take on board or listen or act on what he's being told he can still make his own decisions so I realise why there's been been this interest in it and quite rightly so it's a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a great story from our point of view as well but not only that Gareth it's a big story because hearts are not doing well Craig Levine a guy I've got a lot of respect for yep. when he was a Scotland manager a huge amount of respect for is a guy who knows the game inside out clearly he does but the problem is hearts are not winning No, they've, they've nosedived since Ian Cathro's coming into the club they were second under Robbie Nielsen now I think they are sitting in fifth place it's not really good enough and I think that's the issue for Hearts it's not working this plan of what they're doing and what they're carrying out isn't working but then why so why not what's the problem with then turning to a Craig Levine for but that's the way they have been doing it and it's not working Well, do, uh, shouldn't they maybe I, just let Ian Castle go on with the job and maybe that will improve things have we seen notes being passed down like this before Has he? I mean, we, absolutely we have yeah but we don't know how, to what extent in what games, how much of an influence he's had in certain games. Oh, he's not sending him a note asking him what he wants for his dinner that night. No, you know, that's not it's, not, it's not a note with a, the Chinese takeaway request. He's telling him what he, how he changed the tactics. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying that was that that he was asking about the Chinese for the weekend, but I just think that there's enough. That there's, you can never have too much advice. So it's up to maybe he's had he's had notes being passed down. Maybe he's had notes being passed down. And You're clutching at this guy. Come on, what uh, do you think of it? He's had, he's had notes being passed down, and he's, and he's decided not to act on them. Ian Cathro is the manager. Perhaps he's he's, he's uh, ignored Craig Levine's advice or detail. Do you honestly think that's what's happening? At times, yes. You think he's ignoring the director at of times, football's advice? At times, I think he's made his own decisions. 
Well, if that is the case, power to Ian Cathro. Because I think he should be making the decisions. If it was me, if I was a manager of Hearts, I would want to be the guy that's making the decisions. I would want to be the guy who was a voice before and at half-time and after games. For me, Craig Levine has no right in that Hearts dressing room during the 90 minutes of a match. Uh, and I think Ian Cathro should be left to stand on his own two feet. He could be a, a master tactician. He could be the guy. He should be the guy speaking to those players. I, I th- and for me, Craig Levine should stay out of it. I, Do you know what? I agree with that. I think that I think Ian Cathro came up here. People looked at his age and his experience, and they thought he would be a yes man. I think I think people questioned his man management. I think we all did quite because it was an unknown. But I don't think he's a person who who uh, will be messed with behind the scenes. Well, if I was a Hearts player, I think I would be the question I would be asking. It's who's in charge of this team Because it strikes me it's not Ian Cathro With the best will in the world to him It comes across that Craig Levine is the guy who's in charge And Ian Cathro should be given more power As far as I'm concerned so Gareth, can I, I can ask you one question? If, 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 no you if, can't if, if you can. you've, had, you've had your opinion Gareth You've had your opinion We've handed you a note It's time now to talk about Celtic What did you make of their win at Dens Park on Sunday? They could have won the league If Aberdeen had slipped up against Hearts Which they obviously didn't as we've touched on but another hugely impressive performance by Celtic who continue to romp to the title. Did Roger Hanna hand you a note to ask that question? Or? No, he didn't, Gareth. No, he didn't. He did. If he had, would you have acted on it? No. You, you wouldn't have? No. So you, you, you'd have made your own decision based on what Roger Hanna... Yes. Had, yeah, so Ian Catherine might have done the same. No. Anyway, off Gareth, to... Uh, you're, you're clutching at things here. Talk to me about Celtic. Celtic, I thought it was another you know, typical Celtic performance in the sense of you know they, they just keep grinding out the results. Stuart Armstrong again, scored again. What struck me about him this weekend was he's not—he's never been like—he's he's never the tallest guy on the pitch, but he seems to have this real presence about him now. You know, when he's when he's on that park, you know, when he broke into the box and scored that header, you, you, and you watch the replays, he's just got there's a, there's, a, there's something about him, there's an aura about him now, I think, which which he, he never used to have. And again, we're gonna we, we, we're gonna talk about this later, but I think he'll be a—he's got to start against Canada on Wednesday night. But yeah, I mean. I think it was a nervy end. I think I think Celtic maybe made it a bit more harder for themselves than, than it might have been where, with, with that late goal. But yeah, another three points. Uh, and I think there's just one win away now from wrapping it up and themselves. I think huge credit to Dundee for making a game of it. Yep. I think you have to give Paul Hartley a lot of credit for the way he set about his team. But as you say, Gareth, Celtic are pretty much relentless now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I said back, I think in January, I thought, I thought they'd go unbeaten all season. And I can't see them slipping up. The only... The only place they may, may slip up is if Brendan Rodgers decides to give a couple of the, the star men a bit of a break, a bit like I think Ronnie Dyler did, maybe Neil Lennon did possibly towards the end of a season, ready to so they were they were ready for the the Champions League qualifiers the next uh, the next season. But they just seem seem relentless, and I think the the first game after the international break will see them crowned uh, champions again. Well, we now turn our ten- attention sorry, to Scotland. A huge week for Gordon Strachan and the lads uh, against Slovenia next week at, or sorry, next Sunday at Hampden Park. First of all, Gareth, our boys, not your boys because you're Welsh. And I don't know, know quite why I'm asking you this because it's nothing really to do with you as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, a huge week for Scotland. How do you see it? I'm loath to ask you, Gareth, because it's got nothing to do with you. But come on, Welshman, what, what do you think? Why has it got nothing to do with me? Because you're Welsh. And? It's a week for Scotland. Uh-huh. Come on, talk to me. What, what, what do you think of Scotland? Where, 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 where are we going wrong, and what should we be doing better? Just tell me, Gareth. What were you doing on July the fifth last year? What was it, uh, Gareth? What, I don't know. I 
think you were covering Wales against Portugal. That's because it was a major tournament. Uh-huh. Another place where you've had no right to be. So talk to me. Never mind that. Talk to me about Scotland. I think that answers everything. So um, I'll uh, I'll move on. I, th- I think I think the campaign, unfortunately, is is done for Scotland. I think uh, it's done. I, th- I, th- I think it's too it's too far to to, to to claw things back now with the games that are in front of the in front of them. I think I think all the the, the damage has been done already. As much as I would like to see different. But you don't really care, really, do you? Why don't I care? I repeat, because you're Welsh. This has been my home for 15 years, right? 15 years. Anyway, yeah. how did Scotland go about beating Slovenia? I think Gordon Strachan, I, I, albeit he's, he's maybe picked, uh, he's, he's had the odd strange selection in this campaign. I do like the look of his squad. I do like the look of the guys who he's, he's brought in. And I think they should be given their chance now. I think Stuart Armstrong should start. Tom Kenny, Ryan Fraser need to be involved. I think it's about now. I mean, we, we mentioned Wales, but Wales did that um, several years ago, blooding the youngsters and looking at it as a long-term project. The way Scotland have done things in recent years hasn't worked, so why not try something like that now? Why not get the youngsters in and, and start blooding them and, and look at four years, eight years down the line? The problem, of course, Gareth, is that Wales are a one-man team. We do not have a superstar to rely on. Wales do. When you're talking about the, the, the guys for this Canada game, should these, your John McGinn's, Stuart Armstrong's, should they be thinking about the Slovenia game to realistically start that match? Would you give them a good chance of being involved in the crucial qualifier? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're obviously they're more than likely going to have a run out on, on Wednesday night first, but why, why not go with them? Because you look at how things have gone so far in the campaign and, and it's not worked out. I think, as I said there, I think you've just got to you know look towards the future now. The one issue, of course, is one of the issues is in uh, in defence I think and, and Gordon Strachan can't exactly go and buy a new defender or that's always going to be the problem right now there's, there's, there's uh, with the likes of John Suter injured and, 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 and players like this uh, not available I, I don't think there's, there's there's much scope for Gordon Strachan to make too many changes there unfortunately so he's got to work with what he's got there right now Well my glass is always half full with Scotland I think obviously it's a massive game against Slovenia we have to win it there's no doubt about that and if we do win it we go into the England game in June and who knows so I refuse to give up Gareth where Scotland is concerned albeit I do think we have to win with Gordon Strachan would you agree that if they do not win on Sunday he will go and rightly so more than likely again the, the, the only thing is that would that would then start the, the, the questioning as to who, who replaces him there aren't many candidates out there and possibly if there had been the last time you know he may have gone then but there are no obvious candidates out there for me um, but it's going to be very very hard for him to stay in position if they lose this weekend when you look at the, the run they've been on Again you've got a huge knowledge in international football how do you rate Slovenia? Should Scotland be, be beating Slovenia? I don't think necessarily they, they, they should It's going to be a tough game yeah? I don't think they should turn up there expecting to I mean I think that's been the problem in the past with, with fans with journalists with, you know, I think we, we've all sort of turned up expecting victories against teams that aren't that well known here and I think numerous occasions these teams have been underestimated I think I think it's going to be a tough game on, on Sunday well, Time will tell Gareth Law just mentioned uh, just said the word we when talking about Scotland which I do not like whatsoever but anyway that's been the Scottish Run podcast be quiet Gareth I'm about to hand Gareth Law a bit of paper tell him it's milk and two sugars for the tea run myself Robert Gree thanks very much for listening to today's podcast 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In association with William Hill.